0: All right, well, back for uh, episode
1: five, Two Stale Crackers. Yep. Yep. Coming in on uh, December 16th.
0: Yep. It, yeah, we got, uh, got the old toner mic going. The toner mic again. <laughs> got to make sure we got to put those plugs in. Yep. Got to get that sponsorship one yeah. of these days. One of these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to do a little different today because we're going to have the... Uh, of course, we're here in Missouri, and the Chiefs are playing Thursday night football, so that's on in the background. We got the volume down, of course, but if something exciting happens, we might get a little off track for a second, but yeah. we'll try to stay on to it. On on track, huh? Well, you know, as on track as we usually are.
1: Yeah. <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there. Huh? Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, well, today we we're going to talk... Uh,
1: Talk a little bit about, uh, well, I don't know. We didn't really settle on anything. Uh, Yeonmi Park. Yeonmi Park. Yep. She is uh, a woman from North Korea who escaped North Korea when she was a teenager and then was basically in slavery in China for another two years before she was able to get to South Korea and uh, actually get somewhat of an education. Because that was the other thing, too, she was talking about. Uh, The education in North Korea is a strictly around knowing what goes on in North Korea. And she also brought up the fact that they're, uh, since the family lineage is like father, son, they basically, she says, they basically copy the story of the Bible, like Jesus and God and stuff, but it's just replaced with the with the rulers of North Korea, she said. Mm. And yeah, so she went through elementary, middle school, and high school all in one year in South Korea, uh, got a GED basically, uh, and then came over to America to go to Columbia University. And um, she's just a really interesting, honestly, strong person. Like, I couldn't believe the strength this this woman has. Like, it was just amazing, the story of not only living in North Korea and seeing the struggles that the people go through every day, but just getting out of that and then ending up in slavery, basically, in, in China for yeah, two years. Yeah, she was sex slave, really. Yeah, basically, yeah. yeah sold into sex slavery in China for two years until the guy that had her apparently gambled away all his money, so he let her go. And then she had to walk through some desert in Mongolia uh, to get to... I can't remember where she got to, but it eventually led her to... Uh, uh, led her to South Korea, where she got an education and was able to come. And she, she brought up like books that she started was able to start reading, and she was a really big fan of George Orwell, like Animal Farm and 1984 specifically. And how, you know, all those ideas were new to her then and she's like, Oh, this some of this stuff is very similar to what I what I was experiencing in North Korea to where yeah, the people she says basically all they do is they're starving. Every person there is starving and their whole thing is trying to find food and be able to survive and so when that's all they're worried about, they don't really worry about any anything else besides how do they find food for themselves and their family and the death that you see every day in the streets and at the train stations, and just the uh, the really just craziness that is North Korea and how people are basically cut off from the rest of the world. Right. Um, but then when she came to Colombia and she started getting the college education, and how people were kind of telling her that because of that she's a woman and she's Asian, I guess that she was still being oppressed in this country because of those certain. Uh, features, which she was like, no, this is, if people, she said, if people are talking about oppression, then they're not oppressed, you know, and right. in North Korea, nobody talks about it because if you even mention it, they take you to either a prison camp, a labor camp or a concentration camp. She said all three of them. They have all three of those type of camps there and um, that's where you end up and then your family. Your, for, I was
0: going to say your family Yeah, ends for up too.
1: the next three to eight generations, she said, pays the the price that somebody, if somebody commits a crime in the eyes of the North Korean uh, regime and how they basically just wipe out whole uh, whole groups of families. And just, it was really amazing the story she told and uh, the strength she has to, and she's really uh, outspoken about what goes on there. And she really wants to shine a light on it because it really, I mean, people know about North Korea, but, right. you know, it's not really talked about that much anymore. And, her thing was that they're backed by China, so that's why people kind of, kind of don't talk about it as much because of right,
0: yeah, because China kind of takes care of them, yeah, um, in a sense, yeah. Well, yeah, we wanted to talk a bit about her because, um, because of um, basically op- oppression, yeah, and um, kind of what it means. You know, obviously yeah. North Korea is <laughs> very different from the United States when it comes to things like that. Um, like yeah. you said, like in North Korea, you know, all the pretty much all the food supplies and things like that go to the regime. Yeah. Um, and the people around the regime, you know, the armies and whatever. Yep. Um, and then there's very little left for the actual yeah. people of North Korea.
1: Yeah. That was an interesting thing she brought up was right. the state-run farms that... Ninety percent of the food they they make in the year goes to the regime and the families that are well connected to that, and then only ten percent is supposed to be left for the the rest of the population. And I don't know exactly what their population is, but it's definitely it's no, it's like twenty
0: five million yeah. somewhere. It's somewhere around twenty five million. I think the last time that I looked it up, and I, yeah. and that is that is actually just a uh, estimated number because yeah, because yeah, they don't because we don't really mm-hmm. have access to uh, no.
1: Uh, and you know, according to their leader, they were the only country that didn't have any COVID issues. Right, which is just insane. Yeah, which is That's, you know, yeah, yeah. We'll take that for know. what it's worth. Yeah, but. yeah exactly.
0: <laughs> but um, and, but yeah, and you were saying too that I mean, there was one guy even that um, he killed a cow to try to feed his family. Yeah, and then he got he, he got, got murdered. Yeah, because he killed the um, state. Because uh, apparently that cow belonged the to the cow. state. Yeah. yeah,
1: which is, I mean, just crazy. Yeah. And it's just how they. I don't know, and their whole she's like when they started with the uh, the government they have now, it all started on the idea, like the socialist ideas that oh we're going to be in it together and we're all going to work together, and then it quickly diverged into single or you know very small amount of people and families had the had the power and were able to decide then who gets what and who doesn't get anything and right. yeah, just a really amazing story she has yeah. and the fact that she's still alive and that that didn't wipe her out because multiple times like not even only living in north korea but then having to go to china and go through that and then walk across the desert to to get out of china to try to get to south korea it's just like god i would have died freaking 10 times during that like it's just amazing right? the strength she has right? yeah
0: especially for just a physically a little yeah. person yeah yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> her stature is not very very big but her her character and her strength is right,
0: and she's got a book out huge, yeah. Um, in order to live, yeah. That that's what
1: it was. Yeah, in order to live. So in order
0: to live. So to check that out if you if you guys uh, if you are, are interested there, in soon.
1: and uh, you know. And she was on. Uh, she, I listened to her on Rogan, Joe uh, sure. Rogan, which yeah. and Throughout the podcast, he kept like having these heavy sighs, and I was like doing it too because like she would say these things, and I was like, holy shit, like, <laughs> God, I did right. not. You don't realize how bad something is until somebody that comes from it tells you all the the gruesome details of it. And She was also with, on a podcast with Jordan Peterson, too, which I don't, I haven't listened to that one yet, but I'm going to try to. Because, yeah, she's just uh, got a, a great story, honestly, and, like I said, tremendous strength in her. and just, But when she came to America and the whole oppression uh, idea got brought up to her, she she just... Didn't agree with it right away because obviously it right. came from something that was right. far Actually, more oppressive, you know, yeah. Like
0: real, yeah, real oppressive mm-hmm. um, compared to you know mm-hmm. what goes on here, which is, which is kind of why we wanted to bring her story up. Is um, yeah, I suppose it's, I, I suppose it's, um, <clears throat> I guess you know, oppression is different, of course, here than it is over there. Yeah. But I mean, how you know what actually is oppression here? You know. Yeah. True. And and that and kind of brings up that question of of, of of the level of oppression, I guess. Yeah,
1: and that it's more, I I would say it's more the narrative of oppression. Sure. Now, granted, there have been people that have been oppressed, of course. Of course. But, of course. But to look at it now and see that you know many different types of people, whether Skin color or gender or whatever have a pretty a, a good amount of opportunities in this country to to try to make something you know of their life and and just that alone tells me that there's not the levels of oppression that a lot of people think there are and you know people bring up that you know African American men specifically make up a large number of the jail population and that's a fair point and you know that could that's tied to all kinds of different things. Um, a lot is the war on drugs, and you know these exaggerated sentences that people get for minor uh, drug crimes. You know, spending a ha- half their lives in jail right, for, for minor—you consider minor offenses—and right. So I I get that argument on it, and was that used in the past to hold certain groups down? I would say so. I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah but and, and I think it.
0: But I think it's you know, I think it's. Getting better in a sense, yeah. Um, just it doesn't <clears throat> seem like it seems. Well, it seems like now, especially with with social media outlets and things like that, people are uh-huh. able to plead their case better.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, and
0: and more people are mm-hmm. willing to listen. Mm-hmm. And I think that um, helps kind of keep those those amounts of of. uh sentencing down. Yeah. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Compared to what it was in, you know, the 80s or and all that,
1: you know. Yeah. And, you know, the whole progress in that aspect of lightening some of those sentences and not putting people away for extended periods of time because, you know, I've been watching some different things like YouTube videos on jail and stuff and 60 days in and, man, prison is no freaking joke. Like, it really is survival of the fittest and, you know, it's Darwin's Darwin's law at work you know you see it you know to where the strongest people in there run it and if you have a problem well you better be ready to fight for it because that's that's just how it goes in there and it's really amazing to think about some of the low-level offenders that end up in that situation and then how their lives are dramatically changed by that and how it changes them to be a, a hardened prisoner in a sense because that's how you have to survive and it's people that you know some of them some of them don't necessarily need to be there. Yeah. And uh Yeah.
0: So I yeah. mean there there is definitely that side of oppression. Yeah. But um, I just
1: found this because I've heard this too that the rate of imprisonment for African American, I believe it's men, fell by a third from two thousand six to two thousand eighteen. So that's which is a movement pretty, in the right direction. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And so
0: And yeah. I, and you know, you need to hear these stories, especially Especially of those those uh, low drug crimes, yeah, people getting out or people getting very reduced sentences mm-hmm. and are able to get out mm-hmm. much sooner than what was originally uh, thrown at them. Yeah, and so um, so that's good stuff. Yeah, it's you know, that's moving in the right, right direction. Like you said, that's what, yeah, yeah, you know, moving in the right direction. Yeah, obviously, and it's not gonna be a thing that's going to be completely fixed overnight or
1: anything no yeah but people that talk about like abolishing prisons just that just seems that's just like i mean that's not the right idea. yeah that's yeah. not the right way either Cause obviously some people know. that are in prison deserve absolutely to absolutely yeah. very you know manipulative and uh take you know just uh they uh you know that they they turn into the evil side of them and that's how they live their life you know they they want to destroy whatever they can, you know, and so obviously people like that deserve to be there. Um, but yeah, the low-level offenders, may, maybe not so much, and especially the non-violent drug crimes, you know. Yeah, that's the one—the non-vi- non-violent offenders. Yeah. Right. Yeah, that that don't need to be there, and you know. But
0: uh, yeah, so to bring it back to you know this idea of of oppression. You know, obviously we agree that there are people that have been oppressed in the past. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like now there are still people that claim, you know, claim they're being oppressed mm-hmm. when really it's – I feel like a lot of it is them – well, a lot of people that claim to be oppressed, I think – or use it as an excuse, because it's easy. Yeah. It's and, easier than actually working to... to Yeah, and to, actually
1: taking account, account accountability yeah, for count, yourself. Yeah. yeah. That's where um, I was going with that. You know, people, <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I'm not going to... People always bring up, like, victim shaming and stuff, but I think a lot of people like to play the victim sometimes because then you get sympathy for that, you know. And granted, there have been victims of racial... Uh, crimes and stuff like that, obviously, but, right, you know, it's just that seems I mean, to that's be... That's been going on forever, you yeah, know, that goes that, on forever, and it's yeah. not that it's a good thing, but it's, that's yeah. just a fact of the matter. Yeah, and people talk about tearing down America because of the oppression and the racism in the past, and I just don't, like, understand why they, people think that that's a good answer, instead of trying to just uh, adapt the, the system, in a sense, that we have to, to better fit the, the current needs, you know, because... Because if you look throughout history, what what other civilization, country has given so much to the individuals? Now, granted, not all individuals had that freedom in the beginning. But the fact that our groundwork is based on the individual, I think that's that's tremendous. And, uh, right. Yeah, that people... And
0: especially listening to uh, uh, the Korean woman's Yon story. Yami Park, yeah. Yon, what? Yami, I believe is Yon, how you say Yami Park. Yami
1: yeah. Park. I guess I could spell it for everyone. So. Yeah. Uh, it is why... E-O-N-M-I, and the park is just P-A-R-K.
0: Sure. So, yeah. And especially listen to her story. I mean, <laughs> she ta- literally talks about if you speak oppression yeah. or speak against yeah. the North Korean government, I mean, you could very well die, and your yeah. family could very well die. Yep. Yeah. So here, we can speak about oppression mm-hmm. with... With no repercussions like yeah, that at all. You know, yep, I mean, that's not even know. that doesn't even go through people's minds. Yeah, we don't. And so, so I mean, yeah, look at that. As Yeah, you, know, you got to look at that for what that is. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's something that, that that we take for granted. I think. Yeah. In a, in, you know, in places, in other places in the world, you can't even.
1: Yeah. Talk the same about with, oppression, you know, Soviet or, Russia and stuff and Mao's sure. China. Same. Same ideas, you know, and especially in Russia, uh, when I read the Google Ar- Ar- Gulag Archipelago, I believe, um, people talked about being so nervous of their neighbors being uh, informants for the for the state that nobody, you know, you never said anything bad about it because then next day they come, they take you, and you go up to the, the prison camps. Yeah, and you're gone. Yeah, in Siberia. And honestly, that, that's another really good book that, that really, Jordan Peterson talks about that. That was one of the things that brought down the Soviet Union, you know, because they – put Up this whole banner that oh, their socialism is working, you know. and We have all this great society, and really, you know, they who knows how many people died in that, right? They estimated, I mean, like mo- 50 million, yeah. Probably. I mean,
0: more people were, I mean, the reason it was,
1: quote, working is because yeah. nobody was saying, yeah, saying anything
0: bad about it, yep. so
1: yeah, and it's just uh, amazing that you know, still people talk about oppression in this country, and I just don't think they, yeah, like you said, they don't realize how. How good we have it in a sense that the individual can still have an opinion and not be worried that the government's going to come in and take you and, you know, you're gone. And, and, that's, your, that's, and take your family yep, and all that stuff. I mean, that's... That's it for you then, you yep. know. And So that's another book I would There goes your bloodline. Read. Yeah. That was a really interesting book to read about that because, you know, that guy... Uh, oh, my God. I'm going to forget his name now. Uh, Solzhenitsyn. That's his last name. Like talked about the the idea of good and evil. The, the line runs down all of us. And when you have more people leaning towards the evil in a sense and how destructive that can be to a society and how it just tears it apart basically from the inside and how people want to to keep their status in those places. And so they'll turn on their own mother to keep their, their status and not be considered uh, an enemy of the state so right and you know that's i think what we do have to fight for in america right now because again again people want to tear down what we have and i just don't think that's the right step to no. take
0: i mean there's definitely you know there are definitely problems in this country yes you know, I, I don't no. think either of us would no say that this is you know i mean even people going around saying you know united states best country in the world you know yeah. I, I like even that is i think it kind of a not necessarily the truth yeah but i mean i think we have it pretty yeah. pretty good compared to a lot of place, places places mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and um i think it's up to us to us collectively to, not yeah. like, not like you or me that'd <laughs> yeah be, that'd be yeah. ridiculous but us collectively, us collectively yeah. to uh take what we have and yeah. and make it better yep. you know i mean that's kind of the whole
1: i kind this idea yeah like uh individually we need to work towards a better collective. But collectively, we also need to give room to the individual. I think right. to to be an individual and to to take accountability for themselves and work on uh, who the, who they are and you know um, just try to be the best person they can be in their own lives. You know, and I think that's how how it kind of spreads through through that family and then the community and then maybe even the nation and maybe even the world someday. But it takes us all, I think, working on ourselves. And you know, being able to to answer those tough questions about ourselves, or at least look at them, you know, and right. figure out what's causing us issues in our life. But what you brought that up before made me think of this quote: uh, "That eternal vigilance is the price of liberty." And I think that's really the best way to put it, is that we must always be vigilant in our liberty. We must always know that there's areas that could that could be worked on and need to be worked on. And as long as we keep that idea in mind, then I think we can, we can really, uh, come out of this, uh, I don't even know what you'd call it, like a funk or something. Just, just this state now of America where, you know, yet again, you're on one side or the other and there's no, there's no common ground anymore to where I like, you know, back in the day, especially like 9-11, there was the uh, idea that we all were Americans and we all, you know, we're in it together and now it's just so divided and just so fractured and who, I don't know if we can come back from it honestly um, I don't know what there's there's no easy answer to it honestly no um, so but yeah just w- what you said before made me think of that is that we must be vigilant to 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 uphold the liberty of this country and the freedom that we all that we all enjoy um, because of because of the the past uh the people in the past that were willing to fight for it and stand up for it in, in the times of uh, trials so and you know, we don't have a great war to fight, you know, but we have, a, I guess we have a culture war that, is, that we're right. fighting right now, and, you know, that's, that's but again.
0: different, different, uh, yeah. different battle altogether. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, you know, I know people, you know, li- listening might be like, oh, what do these guys know mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. oppression-wise and stuff like that, you know, yeah. I mean. Just a couple stale crackers. You know, yeah. Talking. To be fair, I'm a little bit online. Native
1: American, so I'm, I'll throw that in there a little bit. But I'm not, you know, <laughs> right. I don't look Native American. I feel like, right? Definitely. I mean, I get darker than you do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Definitely. Yeah. But, you know, yeah. But most people look at us as just two two white guys, and why, you know, they've never been through any oppression, and we have so so called privilege. You know, that's another thing we were talking about is this privilege idea, and that's just, I don't know. I I get the idea of it, but I just think personally growing up i don't remember coming from any privilege i remember my both of my parents working uh and i would say we were like lower middle class you know right. They owned a home and stuff but they worked both of them worked we didn't we didn't have more than we uh we didn't have more than we needed right. and we you know we struggled a lot you know right. and and the idea of i see the idea of uh privilege like uh on judgment and stuff so yeah i get that i was not necessarily a judge a certain right. people yeah, we, are yeah we yeah we weren't yeah, you know, but,
0: put through something like that cuz Yeah. Uh, which which I mean I mean I don't really even know what to
1: how <coughs> to really say anything about that cuz yeah. I've never experienced it. You yeah. Know, but, so I but, I, I, agree mean, I with remember, that line of the privilege, but right. to say that we we inherently had easier lives because of the color of our skins, I think it's just a bad it's just a I bad think that I think right? it's
0: a lazy I think it's a lazy argument yeah. to be honest. I mean, mm. I mean I remember there were times Growing up, I mean, we were on the um, my family. We were on the uh, the the lunch program thing yeah. where our lunches were like reduced price lunch deal. Yeah. But I remember there were a few times where there was nothing in our account. You know, they the school my school luck luckily they were um, pretty nice. Yeah. Pretty nice little high school, but yeah, yeah. You know, I got you know, when they when the lunch didn't go through they'd hook me up with a peanut butter sandwich and a, a and a carton milk. Of milk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so at least you had something. So I had yeah. something to eat, but yeah. That was pretty uh I would as, say that as a kid that was pretty embarrassing yeah. for sure. I mean and I would say there's
1: no privilege in that, honestly. I mean, I mean that's yeah. And you even said your dad worked like two or three jobs, right? Oh and yeah, you?
0: when I, when I was born he was yeah. he was working a few different jobs and uh
1: Yeah. You know, and I, mean, I just when you talk about that, I was like, man, what privilege are you guys talking about? Because right. that,
0: like, I remember he was he would tell stories about how he, he was changing uniforms in his car, you know, while he was driving to the other job, you know, because mm-hmm. he didn't want to be late. Yeah, you know, things like that, and yeah, that's crazy. Just I mean, to
1: support his family, you know, and give you guys what, what you guys needed, right? You
0: know, yeah. Luckily, he founded he found a, a good job, a pretty good job by the time. I guess I might be was maybe around ten or twelve and, that's uh, he's good, actually yeah. been at that job um since then he's still there, so mm, good, wow. for, good for him he's yeah, definitely. like the longest lasting employee at that job, I oh, think, wow. yeah, or one of them at least, yeah,
1: but you know people talk about bootstraps like that's a man that pulled himself up by his bootstraps to right to do what he needed to do for his family, you know? right. and I would say my parents were of a similar vein, you know, my dad was a carpenter or he still is, you know contractor, and yeah he worked. 10 12 hour days you know six days a week and you know just did it begrudgingly and you know but he knew he, that's what was expected of him to take care of the family so and same with my mom too because they had divorced when I was in second grade so after that it was separated but still like they both worked hard to to provide a life for me that was you know that was as best as, that they could you know and it was a good life you know and they, you know, and I appreciate that about my my upbringing because I think that's kind of developed my work ethic and, you know, right. like yet again it, it it was the start of kind of the responsibility for my own life and that I and now that I have a child like I am responsible for her so and I want to do everything I can to provide for her so, um, but yeah, it's just a good working class family that I think we both came from and I don't you know I don't see a lot of privilege in that. But yet again, when it comes to to judgment, I could see where the privilege yeah. thing. Well,
0: yeah, and you know, I
1: I guess <coughs> I
0: guess to me, the privilege in that would be that we get we got to do that. Yeah, you know, we we get to our parents got to be able to uh, prove that they were able to do that. You yeah. know, they were able to prove to themselves and to you know whoever else was. Yeah, even given a shit that yeah that uh, that they were able to do something like that and, and yep. it's um you know I don't know if that that's not privilege that has to do with any color or anything it's just no. yeah. it's just kind of the privilege of of being alive and and being mm-hmm. around uh, being here in this country yeah you know yep. yeah yeah um, and that you know that's they
1: were they were free to do that mm-hmm. to do the things that they wanted mm-hmm. to to build a life as they saw fit for themselves you know right you know they were able to buy houses and stuff and have a little piece of property for themselves you know which is
0: crazy because i can't see myself buying a house right now but yeah with the the way that the inflation and and all that stuff is i mean now it's really hard for Mm -hmm. for somebody even our age to buy a house Yeah. unless you were really really committed to doing it when we were younger yeah yeah but um (laughs) <laughs> yeah it was, uh it was funny too i was thinking that now that we were just talking about our upbringings a little i was thinking about my my mom during that time mm-hmm. during the summertime she was uh i mean she had some part-time gigs here and there yeah um for a while but then in the summertime <laughs> she would actually be off of work because we were all at home um, so school wasn't watching us so yeah somebody had to be at home <laughs> yeah and she ended up doing a little daycare for the neighborhood and so all the other parents could go, go to work, go to and work she, yeah I remember during the summertime there'd be like thirty of us little bastards running <laughs> yeah. around that she was taking care of. Yeah. Totally illegal now, I think. Yeah. I don't think yeah. I don't think one parent's supposed to be able to take the care hell, of thirty yeah. kids, but yeah. that's kinda it might that's not a, have been thirty that might be an exaggeration, but it was probably a probably decent it was like a kids, neighborhood little. worth the kids. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Yeah. That was pretty funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that idea, you know, you have that many kids, but the kids also the older kids kinda supposed to watch out for the young. Now it's not their responsibility, but when you have that many, right. like, well, like that's, the hierarchy I mean, that's, of the kids, yeah, you that's kind of how we grew up. Yeah, and the I big was, kids will take care of the little kids. Yeah, because I, I think I was, and I
0: think me, and one of my neighbors, we were in the same grade, and her and I were kind of the
1: the pseudo the uh, big
0: yeah brother sister to all these other kids that yeah. were running
1: around. And that's the kind of the beauty of growing up in the nineties, right there. You know? <laughs> I think like, so. Yeah, times were definitely different. That's for sure. But yeah. I, you know, you look back in that time, and man, I love like just the fact that that was. When I was able to grow up and, you know, we talk about making progress in the country. And like, now, granted, I was a kid. But if you look back, like, that's where it seems like we we were maybe moving out of the, uh, like, uh, the uh, problems, the racial problems of like the 1960s and stuff. And people were getting more of a fair shake and stuff. And, you know, that's where the middle class really kind of had a good good boom there you know to where because that seems like to be the best idea is to get people to the middle class you know to where they're they're comfortable and they're you know got a got a good job and they can provide for their family and stuff you know and yeah just think about that time and just how how just different it was i guess than it is now obviously but i don't really know where i was going with that right well, that's fine. Yeah. That's what kinda, this thing's for. So kind of on kind tangent there with no, <laughs> just, with no end to there it. There was no end to it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Not really working towards anything there.
1: Yeah, yeah. But just, yeah, the idea that just we... are kind of reflecting. Maybe we're moving past <laughs> some of the, the racial tension of the past. Right. And
0: we where, where now, it seems like we're kind of... Right back and in. It, we've talked it? about it before, I think. Yeah. But it seems like we're kind of degressing back into, mm-hmm. into a, a place where... Um, racial tension and and mm-hmm. this idea of oppression mm-hmm. and um, it is kind of circling back around and, yeah. and that's it's kind of crazy since we were we were it seemed like anyways we were kind of try, we were tr- kind of trying to move out of that and then now we're just kind mm-hmm. of yeah. kind of digging ourselves right back into it yeah
1: and um which is it's asses. it's
0: unfortunate because that's not mm-hmm. that's not, that's, what we not should the, be, that's not the way we should be going.
1: Yeah, you know we should be be past that now, and you know we've talked about that. The racial some of the racial stuff will never go away. Just there's shitty people all over, and you know, they have terrible ideas about the races and stuff like that. But I'd say the majority of people were were colorblind in a sense. In fact, that you know as long as they're good hardworking people, then they can have just as much as i have if not more it's not that you know it's, it's not a competition in a sense you know everyone has a the fair shake and you know i wish i had somebody everybody numbers make of, yeah everybody could make the best of it yeah because i lo- wish i could look, have the numbers in front of me to look up like what the the uh what the uh numbers were for kids going to colleges from like you know obviously black families but also latino families and the Asian families have been, like, kicking ass for a long time. like Sure. They, and that's kind of part of their culture, though, is, like, the hard work and they, you know, school is very, very important. And that's why you even see, like, at Harvard now that they're only accepting a limited amount of Asian kids now. And I think there was a lawsuit against them for that. I think so, too. Yeah, yeah because they were doing so well in it that some of the other uh, racial groups didn't get the same – didn't uh, get the same admission numbers yeah yeah, yeah. so that was another, you
0: know, another. I, yeah I think that I think that is true I think yeah. those bigger Ivy League schools kind of got in trouble yeah which I mean that's I you know I, I that's that's never really sat well with me you know
1: yeah because now they're getting punished just because they're their whatever their culture uh did well and their kids did very well and got into not only the Ivy League schools, probably a lot of the state schools too. Like they, I don't know many, very many Asian kids that didn't uh, didn't go to college. You know, like that was what what they were uh, 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 around when they were growing up, and that was a a priority in their households. So
0: right, yeah. Man, I remember <clears throat> I was listening to somebody. I don't don't even remember who it was. I was listening to somebody the other day, and he was talking about uh, equity versus equality. Oh yeah. Yep. And um he That's he worked for um he worked for like some symphony mm. in New York and they've now made it to where you can't judge somebody that comes into the orchestra yeah. based on, on, just looks, on right? no just based on Listening to, yeah. their, to the music that they play. I feel like I've
1: heard that, too. I feel like that was at Juilliard for their yeah. Latin Maybe in. it was Juilliard. And, yeah, they're not supposed but, to... But, uh,
0: yeah, you can't... So, like, you're not supposed to pick, like, the best oboe player. Yeah. Because you need, like, a black person to fill that seat. Yeah. So you look for yeah. the best black oboe player instead of the yeah. best oboe player overall. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, think of other... Think of... If other organizations did that, you know, I mean, mm-hmm. you know, the NBA, for example, yeah, where it's you know my uh, majority uh, black people, yeah, right, black players. Yep. But now, what if what if that were the the case? Then then we'd yeah. have. We, what if we had to have a certain mm-hmm. percentage of Asian people, yep. or white people play basketball? Yep. Mm-hmm. well the game won't be as good yeah you know mm-hmm. the quality of the game will go down mm-hmm. because it's not the best players playing yeah yeah you know that's uh, I mean I, if I'm watching the NBA I want to watch the best I want to watch the best players play yeah like I don't think that's yeah I don't think that's racist no. at all nope yeah I want to watch the best players game. Yep. Yeah. And it's and not going to be more, it's not going to be more fun because there's more white people in there yeah. or
1: anything, you know? Yep, exactly. Yeah. You want to watch the best and that's what it is. You and, know. and
0: it's, so it's, I mean, I don't know. It's, I, that's why I never really got about that. Yeah.
1: Whole, uh, that whole idea. Yeah. 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 Cause you brought up the equality versus equity thing. And that made me think of the idea of a uh, quality of outcome versus, uh, or excuse me, equality of opportunity versus equality of outcome. Right. And I think Quality of outcome or quality of opportunity is the better idea because if we all get the same opportunities, great. Some people will make more of it than others, you know, and they will work harder and end up higher on the the level, higher up the food chain than certain people that that don't put in the same effort. But if you have a quality of outcome where we all end up at the same, then you're not going to have any outliers or any uh, people that are willing to. To go beyond what they thought they were capable of, because if we're all ending right. up at the same spot, then what's the point of trying harder? You know, right. And that's and, and that ultimately that kills innovation
0: too. Yes, yes, it does. Yeah, which but just, um, I think we've talked about before too. Is is yeah. you know if 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 there's no <coughs> if there's no desire to have anything better, then why would we create anything better?
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of the idea now is that we're all right. they're trying to have all all of us end up at the same spot in a sense you know instead of instead of like a a meritocracy where the the cream rises to the top you know and the best people end up in the the highest positions because they're willing to to work hard and to put in the time and you know do the things that a lot of other people don't want to do and i think if we lose that then we're really going to be in trouble then yeah, i think we're just kind of rooting for mediocrity at that point yeah yeah and, you know, and back to, like, the American pride thing, like, you know, we're always supposed to be seen as, like, the, the frontrunners, I think, of the world and kind of we're supposed to lead the way. And I feel like we used to lead by example. And now, like, yeah, we're we're mediocre at best, I would say, you know. Especially, I mean, especially, well, not especially, but in a lot of
0: categories, yeah. I would say that Yep. that's true. I mean, even I think the last poll I saw in – in education numbers, we were, we, were we were way down there, yeah, like in I the know twenty in the, something. Gosh, you know? I was
1: thinking the twenties, yeah. But um,
0: um, I don't I don't know, man. It's it seems so. Yeah, like so we talked weird. about, it
1: seems like we're 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 regressing instead of progressing as we should. And it, the it's just the this idea that you need to see everyone and uh, let them live their truth in a sense, and like I don't know, it's just a it's just weird to. To see, and I can't quite articulate it as well as I'd like to, but it's just it doesn't seem to be solving the problems that a lot of people on that side want the problem want the problems to be solved. You know, it just seems to be creating more problems. And you know, if you don't let people live their truth, then you're a bigot and you're you know a hate monger and stuff like that. And it's just I think it's just a, a very disingenuous argument when it comes to that. Right. Because obviously, we can all find different. Uh, different things about us that separate us from each other. That's pretty easy to do, you know. Sure. Yeah. I mean I mean I'd say we're
0: a lot more similar than different in yeah. a lot, you know. Yeah. In most ways. Yep. But I mean there's always something that's gonna be a little different about everybody. Yeah. And that's and what's, that doesn't even and not even mm-hmm. talk about the color of somebody's skin or where they came from or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just going to be differences. Yeah.
1: But, like, you know, like on TikTok, like, there's all those videos about, oh, we got to take down the patriarchy. And it's just, it's just a ridiculous argument, <laughs> I think. I mean, yeah.
0: Well, Peter's- you get some people saying that, and then you get some people saying, some <laughs> even girls saying, I well, wish we could go back to, yeah. you know, yeah, 50s times, you know, yeah. and shit like that, which yeah. is.
1: To where that was the thing Jordan Peters talked <laughs> about, like, with yeah. toxic masculinity, like how. How now being uh, being masculine is seen as a, a negative thing, and granted there are negative sides to masculinity, but there's sure. also a lot of positives to it. And, yeah, I mean it's know, ha- I mean
0: it's been going on since humans yeah, were I think a it's, thing. It's helped lead us <laughs>
1: to where we are now. Is the the like uh, Jordan Peterson talks about that too? Like uh, especially with men, like have, being, uh like the idea of being the noble king or the tyrant, you know, and like how people uh, people can go one way or the other. And, you know, for men, now granted, you know, men have maybe I wouldn't say they're on top because you can't have you can't have one without the other. And I hate that idea that people think that we've made all this progress because men were in charge. And it's like, no, not at all. Because, you know, maybe women didn't have levels of power, but they still were they were part of it and they're they, they still so there. They still brought something <laughs> to it. Yeah. yeah. They, you know, and you know we talk about history, and that's just how people lived back then. If the the bigger and stronger of the species controlled things, like that's hard to do. But if yet again for the men, if you have the noble king there, then everyone thrives in a sense, you know. But also if you have the tyrant, then everyone suffers, you know. And you know, I wish I was I don't know what I was gonna say. I wish that we appreciated men in a sense, because there's a lot of I think lost young men now that don't know quite know what to do because people like to tell them that, especially white men, I guess would say, "Oh, you guys are the problem. It's all because of you that we have all this, all this, all these issues in the country." And it's just, I think it's a bad thing to tell, especially young men and boys coming up, that that they are the problem and they need to, they need to basically change everything about themselves and uh, to to dampen down their masculinity in a sense. And, right. You know, because I get it. Men are aggressive and they can do the terrible things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when a man understands that about himself and he starts uh, integrating his aggression properly, then I think that's where you get the best men and the uh, ones that are really trying to fight for the betterment of, of mankind, I would say, you know. And, right. Um, it's just a shame that... We're gonna have a whole generation of boys come up that are told that they're that they're the problem because because of, because of their mas- yeah because yeah. of their masculinity or whatever yeah yeah
0: and, and then they and then they dampen down mm-hmm. and then there's plenty of women that have come out too and it's like yeah where are the strong men yeah you know? yeah Don't <laughs> want like, none of these soy well, boys. well now yeah. you guys just told us that yeah, yeah. we were being too masculine yeah. yep yeah and you're and, and, and you're now problem. it's like well where's the masculinity and it's like yeah well you told us to not have anymore yeah
1: yeah we're supposed <laughs> to be ineffectual and uh right weak i would say you know and weak of character i would think is a good way to put yeah. it and we had again you know and we're just talking obviously we're two guys so we're talking from the uh masculine perspective but yet again you know you can't have one without the other and i'm not saying that women are just there to to have babies and stuff no women bring so much to the table, oh, yeah. like like they, I actually think women have helped men along the way to where they've possibly turned tyrants into noble kings because they help uh, maybe men find the I don't say the softer side of themselves in a sense, but they since women are more in tune, I guess, with their emotions and stuff that that they could help men along the way, kind of maybe become more in tune with their emotions and to be uh, to be uh, kinder and gentler sometimes, you know. Sure yeah
0: yeah because I know for me you know there are a lot of times I don't really think about things before I do them, yeah, <laughs> yeah, so I just do shit, yeah, you know and sometimes that bites me in the ass and uh-huh <laughs> mm-hmm. and sometimes uh sometimes it works out great for me, which yeah. is a surprise when that happens, but yeah, Yeah. but uh yeah whenever you know i I'm single now, but whenever' I've, I've been with a girl, it makes me think a little bit more before I
1: do shit, which. Mm-hmm. Is probably a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, like we we're talking about Young Mook Park. That is a tremendously strong woman. Like Hell listening yeah. to that, like I said, that woman is ten times stronger than I am, and I'm not ashamed at all to admit that. Like, I'm, <laughs> that actually makes me feel good about myself. And I can see that and be like, wow, that girl has tremendous strength, and I'm, I don't even hold a candle to that, you know. Right. And, and it's
0: ma- just it's yeah, good to that, that see. is an amazing story. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And, like, there's her, there's this other woman I've uh, listened to on a podcast, Africa Brooks, or Brooke, I believe, who she was a, like, liberal lefty, and now she's kind of left that side. And she wrote a great uh, open letter uh, to that, uh, against that, basically. Um, and just talking about how when when we look at stuff like that, in that, that lens, um, it really skews the picture sometimes, and people... Uh, People don't look at it as clearly maybe as they should. Um, Yeah, this open letter, why I'm leaving the cult of wokeness. And I would suggest you all to read it. Just search Africa Brook on Google. You can even search open letter and give it a read. I mean, because when I read it, I was like, holy cow, this this is what we need right now. Yet again, another strong woman that saw something that she didn't necessarily agree with and has kind of changed her views on it to where she's more for the individual, you know, and not strictly basing everything on her... Her race or her gender, you know, she's more about the individual, um, in the individual prospering, right? Instead of, mm-hmm. you know, taking yeah.
0: the, the taking the side that she was on. She was on the the, the far left side, yeah. And um, mm-hmm. you know, the the woke side, if you will, yeah. And kind of stepping away from that because, yeah. like, I was just man. That's it's such, that's such a weird term too. The what? Well. Wo- the wokeness. Yeah, we're gonna have a different podcast about mm-hmm. wokeness specifically. Yeah. Oh yeah, because there's um, because there's a lot a lot we can do about yeah. that. So we're not
1: gonna get super into it right now. Yeah.
0: But it's such a weird concept to me. Yeah.
1: But I'm just gonna read a paragraph. This is one of the first uh, paragraphs in that open letter. Is this is from that? What I'm truly afraid of is existing in a world that forces me to submit to an ide- ideology without question. Otherwise, I'm to be shamed or pressured to shame myself and cast out of the community. Like, right. That's a very poignant statement right there and that's in the first that's like the first paragraph you know and it's right. just it goes on from there and um, yeah it's just well, I think we should do another podcast on uh, woke, woke culture yeah we'll, we'll definitely um, do one because yeah there's a few, <laughs> there's few like, things I feel about that, that I, I <laughs> yeah, would like to say now by that I think it would be yeah, yeah but the fact that you know we're wiping away the individual for the they want to say for the betterment of certain communities and I think then people, people fall into the group, think echo chamber, and then they have no no autonomy for themselves because they have to fit into the narrative of what they're, what side they're on. And they just I think they give up a lot more than they realize when they do that. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's – I wouldn't say that's where the problem started now with all that. You know, I'd, who knows where the problem started and, you know, because – 2008 and 2012 we elected a black president like i thought that was such a good sign for the country and I, if you don't agree with his politics that's fine but just this the step of electing a black man for president i thought was tremendous right and then you know what came with trump everyone has their own opinion we don't have to get into that but i kind of think that that's where some of the wokeism started too was with the the outrage to trump you know and how how he affected people and you know, yet again, May Park brought him up in that talk about how he was one that actually stood up to China. Because no president really has ever stood up to China and, you know, said, right. hey, what's going on here? Why?" Did- right,
0: because they, I mean, they are big and they are... <coughs> and
1: Yeah, they're a huge yeah. economy now. And, yeah. you know, especially coming back to the NBA, like, nobody ever talks about it. Because there's a, a group in China that is basically being wiped out by the Chinese regime. Um, I think they're the Uyghurs or something? Yeah. Uh, But basically, they are treated as second-class citizens in China. Uh, Right? Yeah, and uh, how nobody ever talks about that because the NBA or the China China is such a big market for the NBA, and they get tremendous amounts of money from them. And same with like Hollywood. Like there, there's a lot of uh, different Chinese companies that uh, produce movies and stuff or help produce movies. You know, Um, and nobody ever talks about the the atrocities that. Are going on in China against this certain uh, the Uyghurs from from China, yeah, 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 Uyghurs, yeah. But um, but, but yeah, she was one to, to speak up against Trump and that's what, or against China and that's what she liked because she said that China basically keeps North Korea afloat because they're kind of like a border between the West and and China. You know, they have that that great uh, that totalitarian that, that, yeah, yeah, social They got, state they got there.
0: The, the geography was, yep. is between. Yeah, it keep it's a nice border kind of, between them, you know. Natural border, yeah.
1: Yep. But then, you know, she was even talking about that—that that there's racism against the Koreans in China, and that she had a really way, uh, like they're ethnically Korean, but they were born in China or something, and people like know automatically by how they speak, and they get treated differently because they're huh. seen as as not full not full Chinese, full Chinese. Yeah. yeah. And it's just it's interesting, you know. Hmm. And you know what was it? Hong Kong that was having a protest. Uh, yeah, last oh year, yeah. about giving more uh, individual freedoms, and that, you know, that basically got shut down. Yeah, yeah they they, they went the, that. The out army came out and yeah, yep, arresting
0: and, people and mm-hmm. ca- throwing them in camps, throwing mm-hmm. them in jail. A bunch of people died. Yeah.
1: Sad, sad deal. Yep. Yeah, especially you know yet again back to our freedoms here that we that, that we, we take for granted, and we look at that, and those people were they're literally dying to try to have freedom for for the individual, and in they're they're getting wiped out because of it because you know china yeah china's a big market and i hate to say if there was ever another war it'd probably between be between the u.s and china or maybe more specifically like the west and china but right yeah, i'd say yeah. probably
0: russia and china would probably yeah, team, up, team and, up
1: yeah Mm-hmm. that would be my guess anyways I, yeah i mean yeah like, if we were who knows and hopefully it doesn't come to that no. you know but China has so much history too. Like I don't think you're ever gonna change it in a sense. No, well, yeah, I don't think so either. One of the yeah. older current, yeah, going on, to, you know, societies. Yeah, but I think a lot of their current stuff started with Mao, I believe, to where they went more uh, straight communist. I don't. I oh, I, I yeah. should look that up more. Yeah, yeah, I shouldn't just spout stuff. Well, whatever. I know when Mao went into We're power, just a lot of people, yeah, <laughs> a lot of people died well, in China. Oh, fuck yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. But.
0: Well anyways, um, yeah. We'll do yeah. better next time. I don't know. Yeah. This one was alright. This one was alright. Yeah, talking. We're a
1: little all over the place, yeah. And
0: <laughs> a little all over the place. Yeah. We didn't necessarily guess, have
1: a topic coming no. in mind and we just kinda spitballed what before we got before we recorded about what we wanted to talk yeah, about. Yeah. So. But uh well oh you have a podcast with your daughter going home.
0: Oh, yeah. Talk about that for a
1: sec. Yeah, it's uh, how to be a kid. Uh, it's me and my daughter, Penny. We just do an uh, episode every once in a while. They're only about 10 minutes long. Um, they're on YouTube right now. Um, and, yeah, it's just we talk about what it's like being a kid. Yeah, they're, they're real fun. Yeah, real, she'll ask me questions. Yeah. Uh, some hard-hitting questions, honestly. Like last time, she wanted to ask about when I got arrested, and I was like, I don't <laughs> want to talk about that. <laughs> but I told her we would do it on the next one. So. Oh, nice. But, yeah, which is something we do for fun. And, honestly, she was the one, like, because when I, when I got a microphone – we were just kind of messing around, and she was like, "Oh, I want to do this," and it was, yeah, all her idea, and it's pretty cool to see her, yeah. her creativity come out and her uh, excitement for it, you know. And yeah, they're only about ten minutes long, and she just asks a few questions, I'll ask her a few questions, and yeah, it's pretty fun actually. Yeah, yeah, it's real, real, cu- uh, real
0: cute. Yeah. actually, yeah. yeah, and it's it's called How to Be a Kid. Yeah, so look for that too on
1: uh, on, on YouTube. YouTube. Yeah, yep, and
0: yeah, <clears throat> uh, yeah. And one good. microphone was that
1: again. Huh? What microphone? Yeah, one microphone. Well, which one? Oh, a toner mic. Toner. Right. Yeah. yeah, toner mics. So when toner who is this. Hey, uh, <laughs> give us a... You got a
0: couple podcasts
1: going with yeah, toner microphones. that's true.
0: So. Toner officially <laughs>
1: licensed podcast. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. That's no, not no, true. No, no, we're going to get in trouble. Yeah, we'll get in trouble for we're that. No, not officially licensed. But we do like their microphones. They're so Yeah, they work pretty good
0: for yeah. cheap Mm-hmm. Pretty cheap online, you get the or done, inexpensive. Huh? I shouldn't say cheap. If yeah,
1: talk about them. Yeah, for inexpensive. Trying to get a sponsorship. Yeah, there we right. go. There you go.
0: <laughs> All right, cool. Well, wow. cool. Well, um, we'll, we'll be back after um, after Christmas. The Thurs, the next Thursday is Christmas Eve. Uh, the day before Christmas Eve. And mm-hmm. Thursday after is the day before New Year's. So mm-hmm. we'll try to get yeah. something going before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, but everybody have a safe. Merry Christmas or happy holiday or whatever you guys celebrate yeah um, you know um, just make sure to be safe everybody you know this is kind of a time of year people drink a lot and drive around so yeah make sure to be careful yeah be throughout safe, the Australia, streets you know getting last minute gifts and stuff yeah um, hope you all have a good time with your families uh, families or friends or however your you however know, situation you sits you know I'll be Probably just hanging right out here. here. Yeah, um,
1: yeah my hard family's
0: hard. far away. Yeah, pretty far away. Yeah. Not terribly far, but far enough that I don't make the drive up there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, hope hope you all have a good holiday, and uh, we'll try to pop in before the new year. Take care, yeah. everybody.